tried to pull off one of your big country music shows last night, and uh, five of the, the like with a crowd and everything, uh, and five of the acts had to bail out at the last minute because they had uh, positive Corona tests. Oh yeah, yeah. Wow, craziness. It's yeah. It's hard to have gatherings. We shared this with you yesterday, but got a bunch of requests. Guys, where is this? I want to send it to my friends, blah, 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 et cetera. Um, uh, it's actually a, a Twitter thread. It's it's on the Twitter machine. I retweeted it. So if you follow us, then we're easy to find. Just search on Armstrong and Getty on Twitter. If you follow us, you can find it. It's uh, by John Hayward. If not, I'm, I suppose I could copy it and paste it. How are it you not following us on Twitter? Put it on a Word document, then walk down the hall and we hand it We ask for to... so little. Yeah, so you're not involved in the worst communication platform that's ever been devised by man? How dare you? Right. Right. Walking around not anxious and depressed. <laughs> Selfish. Look at you not getting yelled at by strangers on the internet. <laughs> yeah. I tell you what, embrace the never read the comments vow. Don't read comments trade ideas read ideas read ideas you disagree with it's healthy don't read the comments having said that uh, john hayward who is a writer uh, tweeted this the other day and i thought it was absolutely terrific as big tech and more and more people are realizing it big tech scares me it's hard to say depends moment to moment i was going to say scares me more than big government it's absolutely in that top tier. I'll say that. Big tech's ability to influence uh, minds and language and ideas and elections. Vladimir Putin wishes he had a tenth the power that Facebook does. Now, he wishes he had one one hundredth of the power Facebook does. We're, we've got to look into, we are looking into the fact that Facebook has banned a bunch of our fan pages, which is insane. Um. Well, they they don't call it banning. But anyway, John Hayward tweeted this, and it was so good, it's worth sharing again. Every modern effort to crush free speech begins as a crusade against, quote, disinformation. China's massive Internet censorship apparatus was initially justified as an effort to control the spread of false information. And the Chinese state still describes it that way. Censors begin by claiming that they only want to control the spread of deliberate falsehoods and push back against propaganda campaigns. They always begin by saying the primary concern is disinformation spread by hostile foreign powers. China constantly says this to this day. Hmm. The definition of disinformation begins to expand as the censors seek more power. Soon they aren't just going after deliberate falsehoods pushed by malevolent conspiracies. They're suppressing everything from honest mistakes to predictions and wrong opinions. It soon becomes clear that the censorship rules, like all other rules in totalitarian societies, are not applied evenly. The ruling party and its friends are judged much less harshly than dissidents. They get far more latitude to make unfounded statements or outright lies. The censors move on, suppressing not just disinformation or demonstrably false statements, but even completely true statements that lack some vital, quote, context. we're, We're already there in the New York Times. Absolutely. Yeah, we were talking about how the New York Times had a headline that was 100% true when Trump did something they thought was good. But their staff accused them of character laundering, and they changed the story and changed the headline. It was completely true, but it lacked the context that Trump is the new Hitler, and everybody knows that. The censors declare that even pure truth is deceptive when it's not packaged and delivered correctly. From here, the next step is to enforce the perspective of the dominant ideology as the only 
correct context for evaluating facts. Facebook, Twitter, right now are doing this. Chinese censors do this all the time. They condemn true facts presented by political dissidents as the worst form of deception. And the final evolution of censorship is suppressing true statements and expression of opinion because they would supposedly jeopardize social cohesion. In China, the all-purpose allegation is picking quarrels and starting trouble. Um, and then he goes into even more detail, and if you wanted to read it again, we retweeted it. Uh, but it is a great step-by-step discussion of how censors, who always, my friends, no censor in the history of the world has ever said, listen, folks, we have to limit your speech in order to protect our dictatorship. No, they always say precisely what, especially the Democrats, are saying Twitter and Facebook need to do. You need to protect people from misinformation. Then you need to protect people from dangerous information, from information that is out of context, that is dangerous, that's character laundering. This is not a theoretical discussion. It's already happening. Character laundering. Yeah, that's the new phrase I learned this week from you. That is a that's a, a troubling idea. If Chuck Schumer stands up on the floor of the Senate and says the first I'm not going to do my Chuck Schumer out of temporary respect for this ridiculous hypothetical. He stands up on the floor of the Senate and says the First Amendment is sacred. There's a lot of speech I don't like. In fact, some of it I hate. But I can't limit free speech or that would end everything that makes the U.S. great. I would salute him for that. I'd sing his praises. I wouldn't hide that because, well, that's character laundering that that distracts you somehow from the fact that he's an evil, evil human. Uh, that's how sick is that? It's weird. Um, boy, Joe Biden's got another problem he didn't see coming for some reason. How did they just become aware of this now? His sign language name. I guess when you call him President Joe Biden, I don't know anything about sign language. For some reason, the sign language for saying President Joe Biden looks like the Crips gang sign. Oh, no. So I said, you kidding me. So the deaf community raised opposition to uh, watching or watching one of the speeches. And apparently somebody who's deaf knows sign language and knows the gang signs for the Crips. Exactly. All those things. Deaf uh, bloods watching say, Yo, what, are you, what are you doing there? What's Shooting going at on their there? TVs. Hmm. That's crazy. That whole craze for sign language uh, by politicians. Yeah. I, I often wonder, is that, uh, is that necessary that we're paying for right there? Every I single speech everybody gives everywhere. If you're deaf and you're watching TV, which happens all the time, I realize, and you don't have closed captioning. Is that exist? But, well, if you got an old dumb TV. You'd have to have a really old, really dumb TV. But you're watching TV nonetheless. I'm it's, not sure. It's, it's, a, not, it's not harming anybody. I'm not sure there's a TV on in America that doesn't have closed caption. I, I, think, it's, I think it's entirely virtue signaling. It is exactly. That's why I am uh, concerned about it because you know we're paying for it. Yeah. Every I, every speech, no matter how minor you are, they pay to have a sign language person, right? Do the sign language thing, and you see it regularly for like updates on you know a flood in your county or whatever. And the sign language stand over the corner, and there's six people in the room, and two people are watching this speech. Uh, I just wonder. Yeah, Judy and I went to a play once because we're fancy, and uh, and there was it was the 
They had one performance, I believe. Uh, you talked or, about rubbing fried chicken on your chest last hour. Right. I don't know if you're that fancy. I'm inconsistently fancy. <laughs> um, but they did one performance a week or something like that that had a sign language interpreter, which is a lovely idea in a lot of ways, but she was right like 45 degrees to my right, and it was incredibly distracting. It ruined it, essentially. Hmm. And in, um, the, and in the greatest story of all time, of course, we found out that they don't check very closely to see if you even know what you're doing. Right. As a guy got next to Barack Obama to do the sign language who had Nelson Mandela's funeral, who had no idea what he was doing, like three feet away. Yeah. Just yeah. waving his arms around. He might have been signaling a runner to steal second. <laughs> he might have been docking a 737 at a gate at an airport, but he sure as hell wasn't doing sign language. <laughs> No, but again, it's it's. I think it's it's a beautiful thing for people who are who are deaf that they have that opportunity. It's just it seems to me the politics thing's kind of phony. Sometimes when I have a particularly empty five to seven minutes to just spend on YouTube, uh, sign language interpreters at hip hop shows is hilarious. Oh, nice! Yeah, there's this one lady who does a lot of Snoop Dogg shows. I think he just became a fan, so he hires her to yeah. go to all of it. Plus, yeah. she knows the words. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. It's uh, it's it's quite entertaining. Because if your flow is mad, it's tough to keep up. In my opinion. As you know. Right. So uh, General McMaster was is making the rounds. He's got a book out. You may remember him. He was hailed as one of the great Americans, great generals ever, until the president got mad at him. Then he <laughs> said he was a crappy general and fired him. Uh, but McMaster's talking about the transition, about the Iran nuke deal. Bald-headed guy. Oh, yeah. Strapping fella. Looks great in his uni. Um, but he's making the rounds, and, and some of the things he's saying might surprise you. Okay. Uh, I I am impressed as hell by the guy, but uh, stay tuned, won't you? Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. seeing this, but there's a newspaper clipping making the rounds from 1963 in which they ask some random people on the street, would a woman be a good president? What their answer was in 1963 is kind of funny. Uh, So I'll have that for you in a second. Excellent. We'll also be looking into the infamous postman who said he saw vote fraud. Then the Washington Post said he recanted completely. That sounds like the name of a French film that you would have to read subtitles and there's like... People sitting around smoking. Yeah. All in black and white. The mm-hmm. infamous postman. Yeah. Oh. Except for like the cigarette. The cigarette's in color for some reason. And it's four and a half hours long. And it's about the meaning of life. <laughs> it's about loss. I just <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I just wasted four hours of my life watching this movie. The infamous postman. Anyway, so the Washington <laughs> Oh, have you seen it? Oh the Washington Change your life. The Washington Post. <laughs> It makes the French lieutenant's woman look like Fast and Furious. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, so this postman recanted completely, according to the Washington Post. Now, there are uh, some of the usual suspects, but uh, a heavyweight like Mark Levin said the Washington Post has 100% lied about this guy. He did not recant. Okay. So uh, I guess we got to go digging, as usual. I don't have the slightest idea what the truth is at this point. And some of you sending your Alterna websites, that doesn't help, okay? JoeJonesNews.com. I, I Sorry. Gotta, I got to admit, and this is bad. This is what Putin wanted to have happen. 
I bail out of a lot of those stories real early because I realize I don't have any idea what's true and there's no way to for me to know. So mm-hmm. just move on to something else, which is not good. General H.R. McMaster was the uh, president, the current guy's uh, uh, national security advisor. Correct. For a time. Uh, very impressive man, in my opinion. He's exceedingly bright. He was on a special report with Brett Bear last night. He's got a book out, but uh, Brett was grilling him mostly about the news of the day. Um, how about all the hand flapping and pearl clutching about uh, the Trump uh, team isn't letting the Biden team get in the transition offices and such? Uh, Thirty-one, Sean. I'm concerned, right? Any kind of period of transition is a, is a dangerous time. Our, you know, our our enemies, adversaries, rivals think it might be a time to act out against us. So I think it's really important for us to show a high degree of competence and and a degree of stability and and a recognition that hey, our our democracy works, our institutions are strong. And I think that if we show weakness and division, of course, there are a lot of malign actors who would want to take advantage of that, from the Chinese Communist Party to Vladimir Putin to jihadist terrorists uh, to, to North Korea. And you mentioned at, at the outset here uh, Iran, which is which is enriching uranium and also continuing its four decade long proxy war against us and Israel and the Arab monarchies and, and the world, really. Nah, I wasn't in on the edit of that clip. Uh, he has he said, I think it was right after or right before. Uh, of the whole transition thing, does it bother you? Does it worry you that Joe Biden isn't getting the presidential daily briefings? And he said, oh, no, no, that'll be fine. Yeah, and Biden didn't seem to think it was a big deal, and he's no. been on all the big committees and everything like that, so he would know if it was a big deal. Right, and and you can be brought up to speed. I mean, somebody could tell me, hey, a week ago Russia did this. I comprehend it now. That's mm-hmm. fine. I didn't need to hear it that day, especially if I'm not going to be president yeah. for a couple of months. So he was completely unworried about that. But I agree with him the whole, and, and interestingly, uh, more and more Republicans are coming out and saying uh, to Donald J., look, for the good of the country, uh, let's do what's good for the country and and not uh, not be too crazy during the transition period. He uh, he also talked about the Iran nuke deal, and this is uh, something he agrees with the president on. Yeah, it would be a really big mistake to try to turn the clock back to 2016 and resurrect the Iran nuclear deal. The Iran nuclear deal was a, a political disaster masquerading as a diplomatic triumph. Hmm. Uh, it was a fundamentally flawed agreement. But what it didn't do, and it, it didn't, it didn't consider really two fundamental issues that we have to take into consideration when you're dealing with Iran. First of all, the hostile ideology of the regime, uh, the, the ideology of, of the revolution. And secondly, this four-decade-long proxy war against us and these big payoffs to Iran uh, when the deal was signed, as well as the relief of sanctions, what did they do with that money? They, they applied that money to intensifying uh, the, these, the, the sectarian violence across the region in an effort really to put a proxy army on the border of Israel. Really? I thought they were going to spend their money to uh, pave roads and build schools and all that sort of stuff. Cure the common cold. A political disaster disaster masquerading as a diplomatic triumph. I thought that was a pretty good description of it. Uh, you know, look, old, I don't think old man Biden is uh, a, a horror, really. I think he's, he's wrong about everything in foreign policy. I hope he has good advisors to rein in his worst impulses. The one thing that, that is going to bother me a hell of a lot is so many of these guys, they're such insiders... Being the toast of the international cocktail parties in Geneva and New York at the UN and at the EU, being popular and praised and flattered by the diplomatic corps means so much to them. And the fact that Trump didn't give much of a crap about that, I just absolutely loved. 
No doubt. Yep. So the Minneapolis Tribune asked uh, readers in 1963, "What would a would a woman be a good president?" 1963. Yes, yes, yes. And they had uh, just five random readers answer in. Old Frank Kappa, old man, he said, no. Today their mind is one way, and the next day it changes. Amen to that. Oh, sorry, my mic was on. A uh, man who looks to be about 45 <laughs> named uh, Tom Ronelski. No, I don't have that much faith in women to let them run the country. Mrs. Maureen Mellum, who looks to be about 35. No. A man is more responsible. Women have enough problems without being president. Here's an older woman. What? She looks to be about 55, Mrs. Tom Romanowski. No, a woman is too likely to give in. They might not stand their ground when they should. And then one guy, and they might have picked him out of, you know, a, a, a hundred no's just to have, a, you know, some balance. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, a name guy named Vern House said she couldn't do any worse than, the, than some we've had. Way Shout to out go. to Vern. Yeah, way to go, Vern. Way to bring it. Isn't that hilarious? The world will get as cynical as you. Just wait. Not only was it unanimous <laughs> between men and women, yeah. that they, and they printed it in the newspaper in Minneapolis. Right. Where they're defending the police, and it was uh, perfectly okay. Yeah. That's uh, quite a change from 1963. That's, yeah, that's hilarious. Funny. woman has enough problems without being president. <laughs> what? Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Some business news. I saw that Chipotle is opening its first ever digital-only restaurant where customers have to order ahead and pick up their food. I'm just afraid because of these changes, eating Chipotle will no longer feel like an authentic Mexican experience. I really like Chipotle food, and I think they've got it as nailed down as any restaurant out there, any chain restaurant. The whole order in there, have you done that? Man, it's it's really, been ages. really slick. Since I've eaten there. Do you mean COVID specifically wise. COVID? Yeah. 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 Okay. They really got it. How handled. does it work? Um, they got, uh, you can do it on the app, or you can, uh, there's a variety of ways to do it, but they got different sections, and you just walk in the door, and the, the, there's different lines going different ways, and everybody's spread apart, and your food's over there. And it's just got a very open not close to anybody feeling, but very uh, smooth running and fast. Mm, I salute which, them. Which is a perfect example of what businesses can do to you know to stay open and make money rather than... We're going to shut you down. Joe, We're going to follow the science. Joe Biden's new guy um, who's in charge of uh, Michael Osterholm, he's the COVID-19 advisor for Biden's transition team, called for a four- to six-week national lockdown. Oh, my god! Is that going to include restaurants that have been doing perfectly fine and maybe haven't spread a case? Or schools that are having no trouble? Almost surely it is, yeah. You get a guy who's obsessed with one area of science and you put him in charge of the entire society? If you describe it like I just did, nobody nobody would say that's good, that's okay. They'd say, no, 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 we have to have a broader range of experts from various fields. I mean, if we're going to grant the government that sort of power, it's got to be like a holistic, obviously, but it's not obvious. We got to follow the science. Walmart's starting to sell pet insurance. China lectured us about human rights yesterday. We've got that for you coming up. An insurance that pays off if you get a pet, you accidentally end up with a pet. Exactly. Wow. You come home and you've got a dog. 
A Pennsylvania postal... (laughs) That would be surprising. A Pennsylvania postal worker whose claims have been cited by top Republicans as potential evidence of widespread voting irregularities admitted to the U.S. Postal Service investigators that he fabricated the allegations. According to three officials briefed on the investigation in a statement from a House Congressional Committee. Oh, hell, a statement from a House Congressional Committee. That couldn't be blanking fiction, could it, Adam Schiff? Anyway, Richard Hopkins is the name of the guy. Now, if he was a left-wing whistleblower, his uh, identity would be a closely held secret and uh, for ages and ages, but uh, somebody outed him. He claimed that a postmaster in Erie, Pennsylvania, instructed post workers to backdate ballots mailed after Election Day. But he recanted, according to those officials. But, oh, on Monday, apparently, and don't worry, there's a twist coming. On Monday, the 32-year-old gent told investigators from the U.S. Postal Service Office of Inspector General that the allegations were not true, and he signed an affidavit recanting his claims, according to officials who spoke on the condition of anonymity to describe an ongoing investigation. So he's been outed. The officials are anonymous. Hopkins, however, posted a YouTube video Tuesday night denying recanting. I'm here to say I did not recant my statements. That did not happen. I'm an idiot. We should have dug up the uh, the video in the last couple of minutes. I think it's at the New York Post. Sean, can you see if you can find that or Hanson or somebody? He has specifically and categorically said... I did not recant. That's interesting. Meanwhile, back in the local post department, the Erie postmaster, whose name is Rob, uh, called the allegations 100% false in a Facebook post and said they were made, quote, by an employee that was recently disciplined multiple times. The Erie post office did not backdate any ballots, he wrote. Of course, if they did and he ordered it, he's guilty of many felonies. So... This guy might be, a, the postman might be a kook. I don't know. Uh, they might have bullied him into recanting with all sorts of threats. Uh, Mark Levin, who uh, is is occasionally, um, well, dramatic. But he's a very, very smart man and a serious man. No doubt. His, his uh, weekend cable show is pretty good. It's the calm version of him, just yeah. being a smart guy, and it's pretty good. It's a thinking person's show, no doubt. He, uh, he tweeted, the Washington Post flat-out lied about Richard Hopkins recanting his sworn statement about widespread voting fraud with the Postal Service. Rather than try to track down what Hopkins has said, they try to smear him. Now the man is under enormous pressure to fold. Um, so, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I have no idea who's telling the truth on this. And we live in an age where it's difficult to figure that out. If I, if I ever am the whistleblower, and and the Democratic Party wants to come at me. Here's here's just a hint. Don't threaten me because I'd love nothing better than for you to bring it. Bribe me. Pay you off. Pay me off. Yeah. Don't threaten the poor postman. Buy him a new truck. Here's a membership at a super, super swanky golf club. Yes, please. Where do I sign? <laughs> Principles. <laughs> I can't find them. I must have lost them. Uh, speaking of Joe Biden, um, and, uh, and oh, well, I'm sorry, we'll stay on this story. I'm curious to know how this one comes out. I could believe the extreme version on either side, or something in the middle with what's going on with this guy. 
Speaking of extreme, the Wall Street Journal says the people Joe Biden has named to his COVID task force are all pretty on the pretty extreme shutdown end of things. Yeah, every man jack of them, from what I understand. And we should watch out for that. Their 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 way to that extreme among the you know the, all the people out there. Uh, calling for various things, and it concerns the Wall Street Journal because, you know, it's primarily interested in business and finance and that sort of stuff. Uh, Also, Jonathan Turley, the lawyer we like. um, He's a constitutional scholar, Jack. Professor. Scholar, sir. He's got a story out today. I haven't read it yet, but the headline is Transition Marks Precarious Period for Russia and Hunter Biden Probes. Not exactly sure why. uh, There'll be no will to follow through with the Hunter Biden stuff. Um, oh, back to the. Oh, you yeah, uh, think that what that's what he's saying is it just might go away yeah. because his dad won? Okay, yeah, yeah, pretty much. Um, although they'll still probably hold st- hearings in the Senate. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, uh, hopefully, probably. But uh, I love the story that came out of one of the uh, LBJ books that I read when when uh, the day that JFK was assassinated, they gaveled in the first. Uh, hearing to look into LBJ's finances that were going to ruin him. He was mm. going to end up having to resign as vice president. The very day, that morning, it was like an hour later, clear across the country in Dallas, that he ended up becoming president, and they just shelved it all. Yeah. It just ended. Yeah. Because now is not the time. The nation's the good of the country. And, you know, you can understand. It's a different time there. They were worried there were Soviet connections and, you know, Cold War and all that sort of stuff. Sure. If the Soviet Union just took out our president, that now is not the time to be investigating the new president. Right, to kneecap the new guy. I yeah, exactly. It. Yeah. But uh, but sometimes the investigations do go away you with know, an election. Uh, getting back to the, the vid and the transition, um, I, I hate the fact that the new vid panel are all epidemiologists and virologists and have no interest in mental health. They have no interest in cancer screenings. They have no interest in your kid's emotional health or suicide or drug addiction or anything. They're, they're a monochromatic panel. It's a terrible idea. On the other hand, and I promise you this, I would bet you my pancreas this is true. Wow. I don't know what you'd do with it. Maybe sell it to the Chinese. You are I going... have to wager my pancreas in this? Like, oh, yeah. Oh, pancreas man. to pancreas. Straight up. No, no odds here. I'm not going to bet my pancreas to, like, one of your fingers. No. Straight up body part to body part trade. Anyway, I'll bet you this. And I know I am right. Does the other person remove it? Well, or does a, does a medical professional do it? I would suppose a medical professional. Okay. Well, the, otherwise, it's a murder. <laughs> What a ridiculous question. This is a serious wager. <laughs> anyway, I promise you this is true. You will see people and institutions by the thousands, by the millions with people. The minute Trump is gone, if indeed Biden has won the rest of it, blah, blah, blah. You will see millions of people suddenly be sympathetic to the idea of, well, perhaps we can keep businesses open. And it seems the schools are not super spreaders. They will suddenly follow the science as opposed to just knee-jerk opposing what Trump wants. I suspect, and, and you know, we've, we've quoted several prominent lefties who are honest people say, look, a lot of this resistance to opening up you people are spouting is just because you hate Trump and he says open up. I think you're going to see that recede like crazy. I'm, I'm hoping that happens and we could have a little more sanity. Um, I was going to hit you with a COVID stat that I just came across that was astounding. 
Um, oh, how how crazy is it? Oh, do you have it? I'll have it in seconds. Yeah. Oh, okay. The United States yesterday had the most deaths since back in May at about 1,900. Most deaths in one day from COVID. I hope they're counting those that was actually died of COVID and not with COVID. You know, it's not fudging the numbers, but if the numbers were real, it's the worst day since May. And, uh, you know, that's definitely not the direction I thought we were going uh, during the summertime. Anyway. No, it's it's around. It's absolutely around in a lot of places. And it comes and goes depending on where you are and where you're planning to travel. But yeah, it's absolutely around. And it's it's nasty. It's actually not nasty for the vast majority of people, the vast majority. But for some people, it kills them. So when the vaccine comes out, one way they're going to keep track of it is uh, Ticketmaster is going to play a role. That's kind of interesting. Ticketmaster? Really? Is there going to be a $13 service charge for no apparent reason? We got the survey on which pasta shape tastes the best. And probably more importantly, China, who is now on the Human Rights Commission for the UN. <laughs> they have millions of slaves. And, now. And forced abortions and tell you how many kids you can have. And all kinds of different things. Um forced dereligionizations listen to them actually lecturing us yesterday on how we do we need to uh, get our acts together because they're on the human rights commission that's coming up it's really quite amazing armstrong and getty The Armstrong and Getty Show. I'm in a crowd full of angels and demons. I'm beginning to see what happened in Germany back in the 1930s. I, I never thought that could happen in this country. Uh, how do you elect a person president, then all of a sudden uh, give, give him the authority to be dictator? That's what we're teetering on here. That's Congressman James Clyburn. Next time you hear him hailed as a hero, remember that he... Try to Trump as the new Hitler reset at this point in the Trump administration. How ridiculous can one man be? All right. I know. Uh, James Lindsay tweeted last night, critical race theory is a national security threat to the United States of America. And then got into the reasoning why. Maybe we'll talk more about that later. I love it. I think it is one of the most insidious uh, threats to this society I've ever seen. Yeah, and again, if you don't know what it is, we're 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 doing a uh, book review of his book, which is called, for some reason, this is one title. Cynical I cannot, Theories. Cannot keep in my head. Cynical Theories. Um, Ticketmaster, we, we were talking about how, uh, how long is it going to be before you have crowds at a basketball game or a football game or a concert or anything like that? Well, with the vaccine, you can. Without the vaccine, it just may never happen, but... Um, they're looking for a return next year at Ticketmaster to get concerts going again, and they're they've been working on a way to uh, to have your smartphone verify your vaccination status that they could just like you know swipe it when you walk in the door to see whether or not you've had a vaccination or whether you've tested negative for the coronavirus within the last twenty four to seventy two hours. Oh man. So I got to get a new test every time I'm gonna go somewhere if you haven't been vaccinated. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, okay. I wonder how accurate that would be or how much it would help. But anyway, everybody's working on coming up with a way. Uh, will this? Uh, will the Biden administration allow this sort of thing? Or is their shutdown going to... Uh, you're not allowed to make these kind of private decisions. 
After you purchased a ticket for a concert, fans would need to verify that they'd already been vaccinated, which would be, provide approximately one year of COVID-19 protection. Is that true? Or, or test you know, negative. Yeah, gosh darn it. It's pretty well agreed that the uh, side effects to the good vaccination that they're thinking is going to be trotted out pretty quick, pretty nasty. A lot of people feel pretty sick for a few days Oof! from the vaccination. You got to go through that once a year. That's something to look forward to. Like miss work sick from getting the shot. So I understand. Shots. You guys say miss work like that's some sort of negative thing. <laughs> uh, so China is now on the Human Rights Commission there at the worthless UN. What a stupid, stupid. Uh, the, the, what, a, what a It's a joke that it even continues. It's a nasty, bitter joke. How can you have a human rights commission that is running a global uh, organization that includes China? But anyway, China is asshole. uh, I won't play all this for you because it's a little hard to understand, but you get the gist of them lecturing us. This is them complaining about the United States yesterday. Madam President, the Chinese delegation wishes to recommend to the U.S. uh, one root out the systematic racism addressed widespread police brutality and combat discrimination against African and Asian Americans. Second, urge politicians to respect people's rights to life and health and stop politicizing and uh, stigmatizing COVID-19 pandemic. Three, take holistic measures to eliminate rich poor politicization and social inequality. Four, combat the increasingly severe religious intolerance and xenophobic violence. Five, stop incarcerating migrants, including migrant children, and guarantee the rights of migrants. Six, okay, we got to stop. There's just so many things to comment on there, or or maybe it says itself, but. Apparently, Rashida Tlaib is writing the speeches for the Chinese communists. You have slaves. You have like a million people enslaved currently. You shave their hair and sell it as wig material. (laughs) Oh, my God. You put political prisoners to death and sell their organs. And we need to root out systemic racism. Hilarious. Oh, and you got to love police brutality. Have you been watching Hong Kong? That was the most interesting thing to me about this, is just how they. it was essentially just a list of buzzwords Mm -hmm. uh, strung together in some sort of uh, condemnation. They did the research. They watched cable news. Furners have the internet. They know what to say. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure there are dopes in America who would say, look, at the, even other countries realize how bad we are. I've, I know these people who say this sort of thing. The U.N. is so stupid. It Saudi Arabia stupid. was on the Human Rights can- Council at the point where women weren't allowed to leave their homes unless their man was with them. You couldn't, you can't, as a woman, go anywhere. In that country. Well, we're, it's liberalized a little bit now. Well, we're, we're making the wrong argument, really. The, what? S- the stupid part about the UN is the belief that we should treat all cultures equally and everybody gets an equal say. So we rotate different countries through because everybody, you know, is equal here. Coexist. That's the stupid part. Yeah, the, it's not that they don't realize what's going on, I don't think. It's just that they have this weird view of all cultures are equal and, and should get, you know, should have equal power in deciding the way the world is run. That's just moronic. Or at You're least... Like a chi- you've got a child's view of the world. I, I don't think it... I don't you were a child. <laughs> Try to do better. Um, I, I don't think that's it. I think it, it's more... It's like when the UN... or I'm sorry, the World Health Organization was kowtowing to China. They didn't have some naive belief about China. They just wanted to keep them involved. You think that's it? And so they got bullied. I think it's it may be a keep your enemies closer situation. Boy, Although I don't there's know. a tremendous amount of, of utopian unicorn yeah, riding connected they, to the UN, no doubt. They rotate through a lot of countries that don't have that kind of heft, and they still let them 
act like they get some say. Yeah. It's these tiny little dictatorships in various places around the world. Yeah. Oh, speaking of asshole countries, um, that's <laughs> S, the letter S. Um, uh, I was uh, reading a little bit about the conflict in Ethiopia right now. They're shooting at each other over some territorial something or other. And life has gotten so miserable, people are fleeing to Somalia. How bad are things where you are that you're fleeing to Somalia? Great Scott. Yikes. Be glad you're born in this country. This is the worst, most racist country on earth. I didn't get to which pasta shapes taste the best. Oh, please do. And they say they actually do taste differently, whether it's a bow tie or like a curly Q thing or a shell. Curly Q thing is a man born in Italy, please. Rotini. Or a straight shell or a twisted shell. Penne or macaroni. I don't know any Linguini. of these. Linguini. I don't know any of these names. Yes. Um, why would bow tie taste different than a shell? It's got to be it's sauce retention qualities. Mm. <laughs> My opinion is that they don't. Well, yeah, I don't think I notice a difference. <laughs> our, our old friend Tim the salesman once marched into our office and announced that the problem with the, uh, what's the chocolate-covered mint, the York peppermint patty? The problem with the extra-large York peppermint patties is that the chocolate-to-mint ratio is off. The standard size is the correct ratio. And it has to do with the sauce-to-pasta ratio, I think. Very important. Armstrong and Getty.